You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You with the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Sadiqi. I'm here with Zach Rizzuto. We are back. This is our buy, sell show. Hopefully, you got whoever you wanted on waivers this week. Um... Zach, let's go over a few pieces of news before we get started. Um, I think one of the main pieces of news is that we got like a little bit of a cryptic uh, tweet from uh, Adam Schefter yesterday saying that, oh, like their hope, uh, the Arizona Cardinals are hoping that James Conner would be activated off of um, off of IR, uh, but but they have right. actually done that. So today's Wednesday. Today's the first day of practice for them, so they have activated him just like how they activated Khalil Herbert on Monday. The Bears did. Because their game was on Thursday night, and their first game, their first practice was on Monday, right? So that's usually how it works. He was activated, and there is a good chance that he plays because Jonathan Gannon last week said that uh, James Conner should be good to go. So right. uh, I would expect to have James Conner this week, um, and we're going to talk about him a little bit. Actually, we're actually going to talk about him in a little bit, guys. A little spoiler right. alert. Little, All right, remember this is our buy sell show. Okay. Yeah. Just want to trade trade deadlines coming know. up in some leagues, I think, right? Like up. they should be. So, oh yeah, important to be. It's either move. so for a lot of leagues, it's next week. Yeah, if not a second, and think, right before Thanksgiving. Think, yeah, and like one of my leagues, I think it, it is two weeks from now, but right. it, it changes. You know, obviously, just check and see when your trade deadline is. But the point is, probably it's coming up. <laughs> so important. To, I think next week is going to be the week where we really kind of dive deep in terms of like who has the best playoff schedules, you know, who's passed their by, you know, all that sort of stuff will be very right. important, right? Moving forward yep. because, you know, you might not want to have a player who has a buy in week 14. You know what I'm saying? Based on, you know, whatever you have going on in your league, right? Like depending on your situation, right? So that's that's yep. going to be pretty important to to figure out. Um Martavis Bryant has been reinstated to the NFL. Um, make sure to go pick him. I'm just kidding. You guys don't need to go pick <laughs> up Brent Martavis Bryant um, at all. Uh, Brett Ripien was cut after his amazing performance on Sunday for the Rams. Uh, they brought in Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz has come in. Now, 
a lot of people might look at this and say, oh my goodness, like is Matthew Stafford okay? I think this is more of a, oh my God, oh my goodness, Brad Ripien like cannot do this job and yeah. we need to bring in somebody. Um, their head coach, Sean McVay, also said that, you know, Matt Stafford should be expected back after the bye. Him and, well, not Kyron Williams because he he's not eligible till week 12 because he has one more game uh, to serve on IR, but he's also expected back in week 12. So that's, that's good news for both these guys. Right. And the hope is that we don't have to see Carson Wentz. And I'm not going to crap yeah. on Carson Wentz too much here, but like the way that they have it set up, they signed him going into the bye. He'll be able to pick up the offense. You know, yes. if he has to play in week 11, then it'll be better than what we saw from Brett Rippon. Because what we saw from Brett Rippon last week was just terrible. <laughs> Carson Wentz, I think, gives him a right. little bit. So bad. He has, yeah, Carson Wentz at least has an arm. <laughs> you know, he can throw. And, um, Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. I think they're in a better situation this week than they were last week. I think this signing might have been like a week late because <laughs> I don't think anybody really thought Brett Rippon was going to make these guys relevant. We had hopes. I know we talked about it last week on the rankings podcast. We we're like, oh, maybe one of the, these guys could be fantasy relevant with Brett Rippon. That wasn't the case. The Rams learned their lesson, but hopefully we don't have to see Carson Wentz. It'll be Matthew Stafford. The way it's set up, it should just be perfectly fine back to normal, regularly scheduled programming with Matthew Stafford under center in week 11. David Montgomery has returned to practice. Um, the reason why, so like, you know, I'm just letting you guys know that, you know, he is a glaring buy for me personally. Um, and I think, you know, he's back in practice. He should be back this week. I'm not going to talk about him again because I spieled on him. Like, I think it was two weeks ago or no, it was last week. week. It was yeah. last week. I'm sorry. It was, it was week. last week's episode, last week's buy sell episode. I had a spiel on David Montgomery, talked about him actually. Um, if you just want to go check that out, I actually put up a reel on it on Instagram so you can go watch that. Um, you know, so if he's, you know, if you're still looking for a running back, I think David Montgomery is a very good running back to go by right now. He's back in practice. He should be good to go for this week. Um, you know, there were some comments from, from their head coach, Dan Campbell saying that, you know, these, both these guys will get their touches. This is kind of what we expected, but David Montgomery is going to get, um, his work still and still have that goal line role. So go grab. David Montgomery, if you can. Okay, that kind of goes with the theme uh, of this episode. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's see. Let's see what else we got going on over here. Um, it, you know, in terms of this Thursday night game, man, not the most exciting uh, Thursday night football game really? uh, this week, right, <laughs> against the uh, Bears and Panthers. Chicago's at home. We don't know if Justin Fields is going to be back this week. I mean, he's only been um, in limited practices so far. That you know this week, um, so it's still kind of up in the air, right? And it all de- all ma- all it's all determined based on whether he can grip the ball, you know, fully or not, right? So that remains a question. Now, right? Um, obviously, if he plays, you're gonna love DJ Moore a lot more. Um, get it? I see what you did there. You see what <laughs> I did there? Uh, it's too easy not to, honestly, because uh, his last name is a very very common word. So yeah. You know, obviously, you know, the matchup is okay. It's a neutral matchup, I would say. Not not bad, not great. Um, but you know, this connection was on fire before Justin Fields got hurt, right? So, you know, you definitely want DJ Moore in your lineup if if Justin Fields is good to go. Um, outside of that, you know, you're obviously starting Adam Thielen. A little spoiler alert, maybe we'll talk about him a little bit in this episode. Uh maybe. You know, you're starting him. I think he's the only like must start. On the Panthers right now, if you're going to start a running back, it would probably be Chuba Hubbard. By the way, Chuba Hubbard got some really good opportunity last week. Okay, um, yep. the Bears are a little stingy 
um, in terms of giving up yardage on the ground. However, there is a chance that this remains, especially if Justin Fields is 100% or he doesn't play, that this you know stays a relatively neutral game script for these guys and Chuba can you know get some volume right and then end yeah. up doing his thing. Um, but that's really about it. Um, now I, I I beat the Bears backfield. Well, I didn't beat them to death, but I beat the situation to to death really. Um, so I'm going to spare everybody. But I think long story short here, Zach is. Like, how would you expect this backfield to shake out on Thursday night? You know, Khalil Herbert should be back. He's been practicing in full. You know, uh, how, how are you expecting it to, to fold out real quick? What, what's that TL, uh, TLDR on this? Uh, I'm going to say temper expectations on Khalil Herbert first game back. Deontay Foreman's played good enough to the point where he's going to have a role. I'm not expecting much from Rashawn Johnson. I think unless one of the two guys ahead of him would get hurt, he's not going to have much of a role. It's not going to be very fantasy relevant. I wouldn't be starting him this week. And you know, depending on how these two guys play ahead of him, Foreman and Herbert, like he might be off rosters in a week or two. We'll see. You know, he might be one of those waiver wire guys instead of somebody that you keep on the end of your bench. But for me, I'd say look at both Herbert and Foreman to be flex plays this week with some upside just because the matchup isn't that bad. They're playing, if I'm not mistaken, the Panthers allow pretty many points to running backs. I think it's second most right now. Yep. In the league. So that is a good matchup for them. I think that puts them both in the flex category right now. Maybe you could trust him as an RB3, you know, but um, I think that both of them should get some work. Khalil Herbert, I think next week will be more valuable than he was this week because the workload is going to be a little bit more in his favor. That's what I would expect. Yeah, I, I, I agree. If I had to choose one to start this week, it'd probably be Deontay Foreman. But if I had to choose who to start the following week, it'll probably be Khalil Herbert. But obviously, based on what we see on Thursday night, Khalil Herbert's going to get a you know full like week and a half, basically. Uh, to be himself for week 11, right? Right. Now, let's get into some buys and sells. How's that sound? Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Um, I think we should be buying Devontae Smith right now with Dallas Goddard likely going on IR with that broken arm. They have the buy this week, so it'll be easier to buy Devontae Smith from someone who needs a win this week, right? Like, if you if you need a win, Devontae Smith probably wouldn't be a target for me because like you're gonna have to give up some assets and then not be able to play him this week. Like I wouldn't do that. But if you're if you're sitting pretty, he's somebody that I would try to pry away from somebody who needs a win right now, right? Um, right. And, and like somebody who ha- like whoever has Devontae Smith, there's, there's a good chance that it might not have a lot of wins, right? Because Devontae Smith has been kind of letting you down, and that split between him and AJ Brown has been tremendous this year compared to last year where the target share was way you know that it was like it was pretty close last year especially towards the end of the season uh this year the gap has widened a ton right now right you can wait a week that's fine you know but if you want someone who can help you have an easier road to the fantasy playoffs i think devonta smith is a good ad um you know i think goddard so goddard to ir hasn't been announced yet Right. So I think it might be a little bit easier before that happens. Uh, Dwayne McFarlane from Fantasy Life provided the numbers on this without Dallas Goddard playing over the last two years. Devonta Smith has seen his target share bumped from 23% all the way up to 30%. His receiving yards have increased by 33% per game as well. Now you have to expect AJ Brown to continue to demand, you know, 30% plus target share you know it's been a 32 percent for the year this year uh but goddard was getting a 19 percent target share this year smith was only getting 21 percent. so i think there'll be a significant bump for Devontae, regardless of the matchup you know one good thing is that we know that he's a very good wide receiver that's number one number two is that another good thing is that 
he's going to have some competitive games coming up here, right? Chiefs, Bills, 49ers, Cowboys, a matchup against Arizona in the fantasy championship as well when Goddard is back. So that's not bad either, right? So you have a few few things going here for Devontae Smith. Like one thing that I like about this is like, I know I'm trading for like a good wide receiver. Like we know he's a good talent. So, so at least, you know, we have that going for him. And then the target share increase, you know, should be pretty well expected here. I would say. Yeah. I I think that you lay it out pretty perfectly. (laughs) And I think that you also look at it these next two weeks, they're ideal for moving off of Devante Smith. Like, you know, if you want somebody who's going to be like, Oh, I'm open to moving off Devontae Smith. If he has a buy in week 10 and then a tough matchup against the Chiefs in week 11, it's going to be a competitive game. And like you mentioned, competitive games the rest of the way. But that's a tough matchup against the Chiefs. That's two straight weeks where it's like, okay, you're either not going to have him in your lineup because he's on buy or he's got a tough matchup where he might have a quiet week. So whoever has him might look at that and be like, I'll move off him now while the price is high. But you're actually kind of buying low here because of what he can provide the rest of the way. You mentioned that playoff schedule that he has. He's also going against the Giants in the fantasy playoffs at that point. And he had a solid game against the Cowboys. You know, obviously he scored the one touchdown, kind of saved his day. But he's turned things around these past couple of weeks. And then he mentioned also Dallas Goddard going out. That makes a big deal. It's a big difference because it's just going to stratify this passing attack even more. And it's going to force Jalen Hurts to look Devontae Smith's way more often. And I think that's like kind of deserved. He's a very good receiver. He just hasn't been getting that target share because of the way A.J. Brown has been playing. Maybe that quiet game by A.J. Brown standards against the Cowboys last week might help turn things in Devontae Smith's favor coming out of the bye. We've seen it happen all the time. Look at what they did with C.D. Lamb, the Cowboys, where they come out of the bye and suddenly he's featuring the offense. They might audit their offense and look, okay, Devontae Smith needs some more targets. He needs some more looks. You could be buying low here. They might come out of the bye and look a lot different on offense. And a big part of the offense that's going to change might be Devontae Smith having a larger workload. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Yeah, 100%, man. All right, so who who else do you have as one of your buys? Yeah, so it's another wide receiver, and I'm going to buy Adam Thielen. I know you had mentioned it earlier in the podcast that we might talk about him, but this is my buy. It seems like an easy one, but it's worth mentioning. You know, just today on things that won't happen every week or very often at all, for that matter, is both Chuba Hubbard and Miles Sanders each getting 14-plus percent target share in the game. That happened just twice all season, and it happened this past game for the Panthers against the Colts. Thielen's officially on the longest streak of games this season without scoring a touchdown. Two games. That's it. <laughs> He's finished as a wide receiver 24 and a wide receiver 42 over the past two weeks. He has fewest targets in a game against the Colts and Kenny Moore since he had in week one. So lucky for Thielen, he won't have to face Kenny Moore every week. He's got a strong enough track record this season for us to give him the benefit of the doubt. 
you know? So I think after two down performances in the game log, you have to look at him as someone that can bounce back very easily in his offense. You know, he's been the top target in this offense the entire season. He's still averaging a 28% target share and 30% air yard share this season. He's definitely worth a heat check to whoever's got him in your league because the Panthers offense goes as he goes. You know, if Adam Thielen doesn't have a good game, then the Panthers offense isn't having a very good game. But we've seen Adam Thielen be the engine before. I think he can get back to doing that after two down weeks by his own standard. He's also got two solid matchups in the next three weeks. A date with Dallas is less than ideal in week 11, but who knows? Maybe you could pull a Garrett Wilson, score a long touchdown against Dallas to salvage his day in that one. Adam Thielen should be able to turn things around. He's the undisputed top target in this offense. I think the price isn't going to be any lower than it is right now the rest of the way, assuming that things get turned around. We're not going to see Bryce Young throw three interceptions in a game the rest of the way in every game. So I think that there's upside here to be had. People might be you know, a little disenchanted with the, what they've gotten from Adam Thielen these past two weeks. I'm looking to buy him where I can. Yeah, and I think you know he has some pretty good matchups too. Like Dow, I mean, Cowboys, I'm sorry, Chicago this week, not bad at all. Dallas, a little bit of a tough matchup. Um, but after that, pretty good. Tennessee, yeah. Tampa Bay, New Orleans, uh, and Atlanta, they have been some of the worst defenses against slot wide receivers. Okay, so that's what you're looking for, right? We, we've talked about New Orleans multiple times. We've talked about Tampa's slot defense multiple times. Uh, not great. Okay, so right. um, that's something to, to consider. Okay, um, I'm looking at Tampa's defense right now. Just double checking on that. Yeah, Tampa, like like we talked about Noah Brown's matchup last week. Thielen's going to be seeing that in a couple of weeks. So yeah. pretty good. Um, I do it like is. it. Now, I would say that, you know, Adam Thielen, I'm not sure how many people want to get rid of Adam Thielen. I mean, he's had in PPR, he's had some, you know, even even in in, in, in week eight against Houston, eight for 72 and 11 targets. Not bad. You know, he right. just hasn't hit that right. ceiling since week six before his bye. Um, and he had the tough matchup this past week against Kenny Moore. So Kenny Moore ended up having yeah. two pick sixes in that game, <laughs> which is as absolutely many, insane. I forget. They said as many touchdowns as like Panthers receiver. No, I don't even know. Like there's some crazy stat, but he threw, he had more touchdowns than the Panthers on the day. It was hilarious. Kenny Moore's pretty good. You know, you got to give him that. He is a good cornerback for sure. Um, all right. So my next buy, James Conner. Okay. Jonathan, Can Jonathan Gannon, the head coach for the Cardinals have, has already said that, James Conner is ready to go. He was just activated today off of IR. The 21 practice, 21 day practice window has activated. He should be available this week against Atlanta at home. This offense is about to get a lot better with him and Kyler Murray back. He was a solid RB2 without Kyler Murray. He was averaging five targets per game with Kyler Murray last year, only two and a half targets earlier this year with Josh Dobbs. Okay. Um, it, it's, it's, it's funny because Keontae Ingram actually took some carries away from Connor earlier in the year. And I think that the team at this point knows exactly who Keontae Ingram is. And I don't see that happening at all at this point. Okay. So I'm expecting right. a larger role overall for Connor than we saw earlier in the year. Overall, Connor's last seven games last year, he didn't finish outside the top 15. So you're getting a very solid RB2 at the very least, you know, with RB1 upside. And during that stretch, he was an RB1. For fantasy so keep in mind that you know he does get the 49ers and the eagles in the fantasy playoffs okay so keep that in mind if you're going to be trading for him but as long as he's very involved in the receiving game which i think he will be he should keep that floor high enough especially in ppr so he came through 
and if you look at his game log last year towards the end of the year, he came through in a couple of tough matchups, right? Uh, yeah. So just just keep that in mind when you're trading for James Conner, where the floor is going to be there, and he showed that ceiling as well. Yeah, and you have to you have to consider that the Cardinals' offense is going to be getting a lot better this week. You know, maybe in the first couple of weeks of Kyler Murray being back, you know, the offense is going to spin its tires a little bit. But I think at a certain point, a couple of weeks in the season, when you get Kyler Murray back, you get James Conner back, and the offense is going to look a lot different than it has the past couple of weeks, especially compared to last week with Clayton Toon. And Josh Dobbs is doing a fine job. But I think that the offense overall will have a better shot at overcoming those bad matchups, you know, because Kyler Murray will be back. We're so used to looking at the Cardinals, you know, this whole season as just like this – you know, middle of the pack offense, they kind of fall victim to tough matchups, but these games could end up being competitive. You know, the 49ers are sliding a little bit. The Eagles aren't infallible. <laughs> you know, we just we just saw that they're pretty good against running backs. But outside of that, the offense overall being better is also going to benefit James Conner here. So I think that the fact that he's missed those games and, you know, he hasn't done too much in the game log this season. He's been solid, but not hitting that ceiling that we saw at the end of last season. Like you mentioned, I think that makes him a pretty obvious buy. You know, moving moving into this week. So I, I'm with you on that one, too. I have another buy. His name is Lamar Jackson. <laughs> and put simply, Lamar is suffering from success. I don't know if you've seen that meme of DJ Khaled, you know, the, the album cover or something like that. It's like suffering from success. That is what's happening with Lamar Jackson right now. It's the same phenomenon we saw with Dak Prescott earlier this season against the Giants, Jets, and Patriots when he averaged 12 points per game and three blowout wins. It's been the same thing for Lamar these past couple of weeks. Would you believe that he's finished outside the top 15 in three out of the past five games? He's only scored six touchdowns over the past five games, too, and he's a QB 16 in that span. So he's averaging 17 points per game as the QB 16 over the past five weeks, which is pretty damn good. But there's a good chance that whoever has him hasn't noticed that significant drop in production from the first four weeks when he's averaging just under 22 points per game. Lamar's got some matchups on tap in the next few weeks. It should be much more competitive than last week's drubbing against the Seahawks, including games against the Browns, Bengals, and Chargers. The Browns, he just last, the last time he played the Browns, Lamar Jackson, he torched them, but that was with Dorian Thompson-Robinson, a quarterback. It's going to be much more competitive, I think, this time around. That's only going to help Lamar Jackson. Those touchdowns that have been appearing in Gus Edwards' game log over the past few weeks because of positive game scripts and blowout wins, they should be making their way back over to Lamar's game log. And the price for Jackson right now is as low as it's going to be moving forward, especially with the trade deadline approaching a lot of leagues. If you could turn a Jared Goff or a Trevor Lawrence into a Lamar, you know, in some sort of package deal, I'd be really interested in making that upgrade to put my team over the top, make a run at the playoffs, because Lamar has been very quiet by his own standard these past few weeks. Like I mentioned, three out of his five past games, he's only scored 10 or 11 points in those games. So I'd be taking advantage of that saying, all right, here's a quarterback that doesn't have a whole lot of up, hasn't showed a whole lot of upside these past few weeks. We also have to take into account the way they've been winning these games. The, the matchups down the stretch look like they're going to be a lot more competitive and that's going to help Lamar Jackson hit that upside. Those touchdowns should be coming back and I want to buy him before, you know, he hits that his hits his stride, I should say. I like that, you know, that that playoff schedule for Lamar. You know, I think that is a a championship winning schedule for Lamar Jackson you know, at the end of, of the season, right? You want him to play in Jacksonville week 15. You don't want him to play at home against Jacksonville, right? You want him to play right. in Jacksonville so that they're more competitive, right? So then he has, he's in San Francisco. A good matchup, plus it's going to be competitive. Up against Miami at home, week 17 championship game, competitive game potentially, hopefully, right? Because we would love hopefully. to see that game being competitive. So these are three games, competitive, decent matchups. Like this is what you want. 
right? So I'm all about it. Go trade for Lamar. He's had literally like one good game over the past five weeks. So you could yeah. one great game over the past five weeks, two good games over the past five weeks. So I think he's very attainable. Um, the the high ceiling games weren't you know since week four, okay against right. Cleveland. So remember like he said, did it in Cleveland twenty eight points <laughs> against yeah. Cleveland. He has Cleveland at home this week. So right. you know if he was able to do that against a bad a good defense, really really good defense in their house, maybe he could do something at home too. Right, like I said, he has those six touchdowns in the past five weeks. That's it. And four of them came in that one game against the Lions. <laughs> he has two touchdowns combined over the other four games. So he's been staying afloat because of the rushing production that he's had, but it's just like that ceiling hasn't been there. Whoever has it might be looking at him. They've gone week after week, and the ceiling just hasn't been there. I'm sure somewhere in that stretch of games they've lost maybe because they didn't get exactly the production they were expecting from Lamar. So he might be easier, like you mentioned, to attain than you might think. Just looking at you know the season-long cumulative numbers, he is a QB4 overall in total points scored. But you have to look at what's happening recently. You know What have they done for you recently? He might be someone that other teams are looking to move, especially if they want to get more secure with a guy, like I mentioned, like Jared Goff, who has pretty solid production on a week-to-week basis. All right, couple couple more buys real quick, just just off the top. You know, not really going to go spiel on them or anything, but I think Jonathan Taylor is somebody that you can look into because of the fact that he became really a workhorse this past week. You know, the rapid participation rapid participation went all the way up to 70%. Um, he had most of the carries as well. Wasn't efficient at all last week in a really good matchup, which is disappointing, but neither was Zach Moss. Um, so they were definitely looking to stop the run there. Um, so so there's that. Jonathan Taylor is one of them. I think you know a couple other high-end running backs you could potentially buy. Devon H. Chain, definitely somebody to, to look into. He's coming back off of IR very soon. So hopefully he's somebody that you could pick up and start. Uh, and he could give you RB1 potential the rest of the way, okay? Um, Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, right, with Matthew Stafford potentially coming back. There's a lot of, you know, it's very it's a very iffy situation. Cooper Cup coming off three bad games, Puka Nakua coming off two bad games. These are guys you could definitely buy, right? And they have yep. wide receiver one upside, okay? So maybe you can go after those guys. Uh, Javante Williams is another one that you might not have to spend a whole lot for, but, you know, he became a workhorse right before the buy. Will it stick? It's only a one-game sample size, so that's a, there's a little bit of a risk there, but, you know, something to look into. Okay. Um, I want to look at some cells here. Um, one of the cells that I have, you know, obviously we talked about Gus Edwards last week. The same applies this week. Okay. I went into the spiel last week. Um, drink every time you hear me say spiel today, won't do it again this week for Gus Edwards, but just copy and paste that. Now the, just the added factor is that Keaton Mitchell could be emerging here as well. Okay. Um, Mm -hmm. now I think after the three games that Najee Harris, has had three top 24 finishes, two of them in the top 15. I think you can potentially get out from this like fringe RB2 type of situation, right? Where right. you never know, you know, his his boy who has been outperforming him this year in the backfield, you know, he's going to have his games, right? But the usage for Najee Harris hasn't really changed at all. Now, he did start getting some more targets after the buy. His target share went up to 12% over the last three weeks from the 5% over the first six weeks. But his rushing share, his route participation, there's no bump there. Okay, so you can expect those targets to potentially fall back down. 
What's interesting is that Najee just happens to be the one targeted right now. Jalen Warren went from a 16% target share the first six weeks of the season to 11% over the last three weeks. So I, I don't think this is an intentional switch because the route participation didn't necessarily change. Okay, I think it's just right. a matter of circumstance how it happened to play out. So if I had to bet on you know who's the one you know being targeted the rest of the season in the past game, it's probably Jalen Warren, not Najee Harris, the guy who's been getting the target share all year long. Right now, it, it looks like a decent matchup against Green Bay on paper this week, but the Packers have actually been pretty good against running backs lately. Over the last four weeks, they're giving up the fourth least fantasy points to running backs per game, and they're allowing only 3.37 yards per carry to running backs. Okay, so I'm not sure I need to necessarily like wait until after this game, what might look like a good matchup on paper or anything like that. Uh, they're in Cleveland the week after as well. So not great. I, I think I'm going to try to take advantage of these three games that he just had and, and and move on. Yeah, I think you have to. Look at what you had with Najee Harris before the bye. He had four single-digit performances. You know, He wasn't inside the top 15 in any of those games. Suddenly he comes out on a tear by his standards, and he's putting up a solid floor. Like Najee's here, ceiling is a solid floor, <laughs> and you weren't able to sell on that at all. You know what I mean? You, you can't sell on that, but now he has these games. He has two touchdowns in the past three games. He had none in the first, let's see, five games of the year. So, like, this upside, I don't want to call him touchdown dependent either because he's getting that same workload, but at the same time, like, do we expect him to keep scoring all these touchdowns? You know, he has two touchdowns in the past three games, and that one hyper-efficient game in the middle against Jacksonville where he had five catches for 42 yards. If he doesn't have those, he had seven carries for 13 yards. I think that the game log is propping up what, the, like you mentioned, hasn't been a workload that's going to support any type of fantasy RB1 consistent. Fantasy RB1, even if it's just on the fringe, high-end RB2, I think that we're seeing the best of Najee Harris right now. It's not really going to get much better. So I'm with you on this one. I was looking at him as one of my cells as well. But it kind of went without saying, you know, if you ever have an opportunity to get out from under one of these guys, you know, a, a guy that doesn't have much of a ceiling but has a floor suddenly in, these, in a couple of weeks, I think that's definitely something I'd be looking to do. I'm not sure who you'd upgrade him into, but you can package him up with a couple other players, you know, that kind of thing. If you need to make a deal, swing something for someone with higher upside because chances are you're starting Najee as your RB2 and he wasn't doing a whole lot for you in that position. So I agree with this one 100%. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, like the like think about the Lamar Jackson thing that you mentioned, right? You have a decent quarterback. Let's say you have Dak Prescott, who's been killing it lately, right? And yep. the Lamar Jackson uh, manager has a running back problem, right? And, he's, he, and you, you package up Dak Prescott plus Najee Harris, and you're like, yo, give me Lamar Jackson because, like, this will solve the fact that you have zero running backs that are viable. And you look at Najee Harris, like, well, Najee Harris gave, you know, three double-digit weeks in a row in PPR, all right, well, that'll help me a little bit. Dak is on a roll, right? Yep. Now, this might not fly in a lot of leagues, but, like, you know, you never know. This is the type of deal, just to give you an example of the type of, yeah. you know, mindset, I would say, to put, like, the type of deal you could potentially put together. Yeah, every, every league is different. It's also interesting note there on Dak because he's entering another stretch of games where it could be, like, where he had it in the beginning of the season where Dallas just goes up defense scores touchdowns they take over the game and it's a blowout there's no reason for them to throw the ball you know that could be a sneaky sell here because he's looked great past couple of weeks now i don't want to just take away from that maybe he keeps doing his thing i think he has a higher ceiling than he did the first couple of weeks of the season where he only averaged 12 points through the first four games but still that's an interesting point there that would be a pretty good deal like 
that's not disrespectful. You're not going to send that and people aren't going to be like, oh, no. Like, what are you doing? You're not just going to get immediately turned down unless whoever you're proposing to trade to is just like not interested in trading Lamar Jackson. But like we outlined in the podcast already, they might be willing to because of the low production he's had over the past couple of weeks. I have another sell. His name is Jahan Dodson. And chances are you didn't have him in your lineup two weeks ago when he finished as a wide receiver six on the week with 25 fantasy points. But you might have had him in your lineup this week when he finished as a wide receiver nine on the week with 17 fantasy points. I'm a big Dotson guy. We talked about this a couple co- times on the podcast, but it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see that Dotson's two best weeks. They've come with Curtis Samuel either out of the lineup entirely like he was in week nine or only playing part of the game like he did in week eight when he went down with a foot injury in the first place. Before that, in weeks one to seven for Jahan Dotson, 16% target share, no more than five catches in any of those games, zero top 24 finishes. Now, Sam Howell, you know, he's been as advertised. He's slinging it more than 40 attempts in four of his past five games. The commanders are past first, but they're not Dotson first when it comes to who's getting the ball. And even when Dotson does get the ball, he's just not doing enough with it in his hands. He averaged 4.26 yards per catch last season. Yards after the catch, I should say, last season. He's down to 2.38 this season. That ranks seventh worst out of, uh, I think it was 81 wide receivers with 200 routes run. And the same goes for his yards after contact per reception, down from 1.51 in 2022 to 0.85 this year. Curtis Samuel's potentially returning soon. I haven't heard much on that front, but I'm assuming that he, you know, he hasn't gone on IR. It should be back in a week or two. I want to move out from a player who had zero value two weeks ago and can turn Dotson. You know, we can turn Dotson into something that's going to help make your team help your team on a playoff run because Dotson has had two very high uh, production games these past couple of weeks. You can take advantage of that, especially with the way that the, the commanders have been passing the ball. They've been dropping Sam Howell back at one of the highest rates in the league. So you definitely have something to sell on here. It's not just a flash in the pan type of thing where people are going to be doubting you about whether Jahan Dawson can keep doing what he's doing. The numbers look like you could support that type of wide receiver. But once Curtis Samuel comes back, I think we might see more of what we saw earlier in the season. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I mean, you know, Jahan Dotson's target shares, 23%, 18%, 19%. Like, even those numbers, like, especially the 18 to 19% aren't, like, wowing you, right? They're not, like, popping off the page. Those are still, like, wide receiver t- wide receiver three type of target shares, okay? So, yeah, you're not necessarily – he. it's not like he's, like, getting a 25% target share when Curtis Samuel's out, right? And, and that – would that that's what we want when Curtis Samuel doesn't play like you yeah. want John Dotson to get like a 23% target share right like give me some sort of like T Higgins type of target share right that's what we're looking for Devontae Smith type of target share you know that's what we want uh but he hasn't even got that you know and and that's kind of concerning so I I do think that you know it's time to move on now did you touch on you know we, the, the, here's the thing like I don't know what Curtis Samuel's status is Right. So it's like it's possible yeah, that we end right. up seeing, mm-hmm. you know, Curtis Samuel, like, you know, being somebody who, you know, we say like, all right, well, the toe injury is lingering up. Oh, the toe injury is lingering. Right. That's that's really the concern there, I would say. I hear. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. sure because like a couple of players don't have injury updates and I feel like we're pretty not, we're not late in the week, but I feel like usually we hear something about it. Curtis Samuel's one of them. We haven't heard about Josh Downs either. Like, I don't know what's happening with him. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, it is Wednesday. It is Wednesday. We're gonna hear a lot of the in, the injury reports today. This is the first week of practice for a lot of these guys, so we're definitely gonna hear more about this. So hopefully, you know, if Curtis Samuel is practicing today, then it's definitely a sign to go ahead and 
trade Jahan Dotson away for sure. Right. All right. A um, couple other guys that I want to talk about selling potentially. I think, you know, Kareem Hunt got into the end zone last week. You know, if you look at his game log over the past like four games, he's had some decent games for you, right? Um, now, Jerome Ford took a clear uh, lead in this backfield this past week, right? We talked about it on Sunday. So because of that, now Kareem Hunt, it looks like he's going to continue to handle like short yardage situations. So that touchdown upside is definitely there. But like, again, touchdown dependent flex play. That's what Kareem Hunt is, and he's overperforming on that right now. Okay, so because of the fact that Jerome Ford is going to see most of the carries in this, in, in this, he's also going to be the primary receiving back as well. He's been the guy on, in in the two minute offense. He's all, he's been the guy on third downs. I would be wary of, you know, Kareem Hunt can just be a bench guy for you over the next few weeks, right? And he's going to be sitting on your bench. Why not potentially try to get some value off of that, right? It's similar to the. Uh, Najee Harris situation I was talking about earlier, right? So right. just keep that in mind. Um, another guy, Colton Sutton, s- similar situation here where, you know, he's he's a touchdown dependent wide receiver. Like if you look at his game logs, his game logs are, you know, do you really expect Sutton to score a touchdown in every single game? Like he scored a touchdown in every single game this year except two, right, against Washington and the Jets. And of course, right. he didn't score against Washington. Washington's like giving him touchdowns like crazy to wide receivers. But he scored a touchdown in three straight games. He had the bye week. He has Buffalo, Minnesota, good matchup. Cleveland, not so good matchup. Houston, a little stingy. So, you know, like it's just one of those things where the, looking at his target volume, like look at his target volume this year three targets, six targets, six targets, three targets. Like th- he's going to hit a regression really, really hard at some point. And I'm looking to, to kind of part ways with that right now. Yeah. He is the anti Deontay Johnson. <laughs> Cause exactly. he's, he's not getting a huge target share, but he's getting these touchdowns and it's great. You know, it, the game log looks good. And that's the point where you can sell that volatility and go move him for somebody else. You know what I mean? Somebody that's going to give you a more solid floor. And, and I, I'm with you on that one, hundred percent with Corlin Sutton and also Kareem hunt. He scored a touchdown in all of his games, but last week, like you mentioned, Jerome Ford is going to be the lead guy. So I'm not worried about, Kareem Hunt really challenging him. I think Kareem Hunt can still have value, but it's going to be very week to week. You know, I don't at a certain point he's going to stop scoring touchdowns. That's going to be Jerome Ford's work. And maybe Deshaun Watson gets things going in the passing game. He might not be as useful in two weeks, even from now, than he is right now. So I think that moving off Kareem Hunt would also be a good move. I got one more sell, and it's Jacoby Myers. Now, wait, Zach. Myers is a sell after having a solid game with Aiden O'Connell at quarterback. The answer is yes, and that's because his utilization is just underwhelming for his second straight game with O'Connell under center. You know, he saw just five targets on the day, and had it not been for that rushing touchdown that he had on just his second rushing attempt of this season, I might add, Myers would have had an unsavory 5.8 PPR points on the day. That would have been terrible, but he ended up with with 13.4 or 5, I think something like that, with that rushing touchdown, saved him on the day. Devontae Adams also dominated the target share for the second time in as many games with Aiden O'Connell under center. He posted a 29% target share. 35% 35% air yard share against the Giants. Unfortunately for the Raiders, not every game is going to be against the Giants. <laughs> and with matchups against the Jets and the Chiefs in two of the next three games, who are allowing the fewest and seventh fewest fantasy points per game, respectively, to wide receivers, plus a bye in week 13, the returns for Myers might not come close to what we've seen from him so far this season over the next three or four weeks. I still think that Myers is capable of earning target share, similar to what we saw earlier in the season. But as we all know, what we know isn't 
what we know is possible isn't always what happens. We've got a case of that here with Myers. I'm moving him at the right price this week because things just haven't looked good enough with O'Connell under center. I think that those two defense two defenses, like I mentioned, are going to get the best of O'Connell as a rookie quarterback in his third and fourth starts. It looks the bleak. The outlook is pretty bleak for Myers right now. I think that you can save yourself from dealing with that trouble down the line if you can move him now this week while he has that extra touchdown on his game log. It's going to be a lot easier for you right now to move him. You might be stuck with him if you don't get rid of him at this point. Yeah, I, I definitely hear that. Um, the Raiders are, didn't throw the ball that much against the Giants, um, so it's hard to look at the raw numbers on targets and say, like, all right, this is what's going to happen. Um, in, in a game where they're going to have to throw – they're going to have to throw the ball a lot more, right? They're not going to be smoking cigars like the rest of the year after games, <laughs> right? Like, they're, they're going right. to be competitive, and they're probably going to lose a lot of games, like, moving forward. Um, they're just lucky they went up against a Giants team that they lost Daniel Jones, like, early in the game, and they had a quarterback that wasn't – didn't know how to play football um, compared to other players in the NFL. Um, not to me. Just want to make that clear because that's always like the first thought. Um, right. So, you know, this is a situation where the, the Raiders are going to have to throw the ball more. So I'd rather look at target share here, right? Jacoby Myers target share this past week, 21%. The target share the week before that, 5%. In, you know, early on in the year from weeks one to seven, Jacoby Myers' target share was sitting at 28%. All right, it's a wide receiver one numbers. Devonta Adams is at 30%. Okay, so I, I really think that this is like, and we talked about this already, like when the trade, well, you know, when when they ended up, you know, benching Jimmy and they ended up going with with a, a, AOC. Um, not to get political here, um, or and they they ended up, you know, firing their coach and all that kind of stuff. Like I do think that it's going to be a Devonta Adams centric josh jacob centric offense and that's what it's looking like to me right now because in a lot of these games with aiden o'connell devonta adams has been the one dominating target share not uh jacoby myers right because right. in this game devonta adams got a 29 percent target share last three games for devonta adams 27 percent, 30 percent, 29 percent target share the production hasn't been there because they haven't thrown the ball a whole lot and the targets have you know not been good. Like week eight, his catchable target rate, 33%. Absolutely terrible. At least last week, it was yeah. 71%. That's good. Um, but it, it's 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 not going to be super pretty for this entire offense. And I don't think it's going to be that pretty for Jacoby Myers either. So I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, I think that that pretty much does it for this episode, guys. We appreciate you. Thanks for listening. If you can hit subscribe on the podcast, if you can hit follow, add, whatever you do on the podcast, just hit that add button. Uh, it helps us out a ton. And if you can leave a review as well, um, you know, five-star reviews would be awesome because it would help more people find it and we could make this podcast even better. So we'd appreciate it, guys. Uh, our rankings will be up today, upperhandfantasy.com. Uh, Tyler also has some trade articles up there as well, so please go check that out. Um, yeah, take it easy, guys. We'll be back tomorrow uh, with a special guest talking quarterbacks and running backs going into week seven. Take it easy. See ya. See ya.